Hey, everybody. So today we're going to answer some questions from listeners. This is a first for us. I think we've tackled a couple questions before, but I've never actually like sat down and broken down the questions as we've received them. So through through as, as a message or an email or a text or whatever. And we're going to do that today. So I'm excited about that. So today you're going to be hearing content that's being driven by questions that our listeners have, have asked. Um, and also, we're going to do our first giveaway, and we're going to make it easy. We're going to we're going to do the giveaway to these two listeners, and so that's exciting. Will and Mackenzie are going to be getting some SWO, some SWO swag, SWO gift packs, and uh, and so that's cool. And then one other thing that I wanted to uh, bring bring to your attention an exciting announcement, kind of a milestone for the No Sanity Required podcast. I'm excited to share that with you. So stay tuned, and let's jump. Oh, by the way. We're going to jump into the topic of alcohol and weed. (laughs) Drinking alcohol, consuming alcohol, smoking weed. What could possibly go wrong in this episode? All right, stay tuned. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to No Sanity Required from the Ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a podcast about the Bible, culture, and stories from around the globe. All right. Well, I want to start. So, so we're going to do, let me break this down. We're going to, um, at the end, uh, of the, at the end of this, I'll, I'll give you a reminder of how you can get entered into, uh, the, the weekly drawing for listener giveaways. But this week we're, we've got, uh, we're, we're doing a giveaway to two different people. One is Will. Will wrote to me and said, uh, at, this is the middle part of the message. He said, uh, he said, um, I, love the, I love the podcast. You guys do a great job at applying scripture to things today and also comparing some biblical scenarios to everyday life. Will lives in Iowa. He says, uh, if you need any ideas on podcasts, I'd love to hear you talk about premarital sex. I think I know the answer, but it'd be interesting to hear you talk about it. And also an episode on alcohol consumption, whether that be underaged or drunkenness. So I think he's asking, what does it look like? Like, uh, what is what would the scripture how would it address underage drinking or getting drunk? So we're, we'll address that. We'll tackle that. Uh, those two things are stuff that that I and other high schoolers t- and everyday teenagers uh, be interested in seeing your opinion. Um, so thanks for that, Will in Iowa. Uh, we're gonna be sending Will some sweet swo swag. And then the second part of this episode is is we're gonna lump these together. It has to do with weed. Hey Brody, my name's Mackenzie. Uh, born and raised here in San Antonio, Texas. I have been born again, going on 19 years, praise the Lord. I love listening to your podcast while I run, while, I, while at work. Thank you for providing an awesome resource to learn from, uh, to learn more about Jesus, his traits, other believers' testimonies, and so much more. I recommend your podcast to a lot of people in my life. I was hoping to ask for either, uh, either your opinion on the subject or if you would be open to doing a podcast on the subject um, if the Lord leads to it. I recently had a conversation with someone. Uh, hold on, I gotta put my dad gum glasses on. My next birthday's got a five on the front of it, and I've suddenly found myself needing reading glasses. It was real fine print. Uh, I hope to ask for your opinion on this subject. You'd be open to doing a podcast. Recently, I had someone send me some videos, info uh, on psychedelic mushrooms and weed and its medicinal properties. Other than it being illegal. I sometimes find it difficult to respond to them biblically or in a way that leads to Jesus' truths. 
in that subject. It's so hard to find resources on the subject that are biblically biblically based. I hear arguments of it opening your mind, quote, opening your mind, or, quote, God made mushrooms and weed. I, I've heard that argument a lot, too. I'll try to, if I can remember, I'll, I'll try to address that. I just find it very difficult to respond in a logical way, in a way that's not judgmental. So thanks for that, uh, Mackenzie. We're going to tackle these two questions, kind of lump them into one episode. These are questions that we actually get fairly often they're fairly common at snowbird and especially doing student ministry uh, something that that gets asked you know pretty regular so i want to break this down we're going to go general thoughts from scripture then we're going to look at warnings from scripture then we're going to look at statistics from our society then i'm going to give you some personal thoughts just from from my own interaction experience with alcohol people you know around people that use alcohol uh, and then some questions to ask and consider if you're going to consume alcohol. So that's the way I want to lay this out. And then we'll we'll address weed at the end, but I'll go ahead and tell you it's going to basically be the way we apply um, a lot of the principles of, uh, well, well, it comes down to you can consume alcohol in a way that, that it doesn't alter your mind, and I don't know of anybody who smokes weed to not get high. Um and and maybe and I might be way off on that, and I'd love to hear from you if 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 I'm off on that. If you use it in some other capacity, I understand that some people use it use it medicinally, and I don't dare want to get I don't want to go down a path where someone has prescribed medicinal marijuana. I'm not trying to start an argument with that, with that person, but what the way we'll approach this is more from someone who it feels like that they're just trying to justify um, the freedom to to smoke weed when they want to. So. Uh, that's the way we're going to tackle this. So let's dive in. So the, the to begin with, can a Christian drink? Can a Christian consume alcohol? I'll start off by, let me start with the short answer. Yes. Yes, a Christian can. Now, can. Now, there are a lot of caveats to that and a lot that needs to be said because it's not a simple yes, no. It needs to be elaborated on. And you could, you could also pose the question by saying, can a Christian... Uh, is it wrong for a Christian to drink, or does the Bible forbid a Christian from drinking alcohol? And the answer to that would be no. Okay, so let me just walk through some some general thoughts on that from Scripture. Um, in Psalm 104.15, the Scripture says that wine is a gift that gladdens the heart. Paul says to Timothy that he's to take a little bit of wine for his stomach, so there's medicinal value. So in those two, you've got wine wine or alcohol, strong drink, as something that gladdens the heart or lifts the spirit or makes someone merry. Um, I also see this in the book of, uh, of um, Ecclesiastes, that it's something, it's a gift to make us, um, to, to, to give us enjoyment. Um, Jesus, Jesus drank wine. We know he turned water to wine, and, and we know that he drank wine because at one point he's accused of being a drunkard. And the only way somebody would ever accuse you of being a drunkard is if you were consuming alcohol. Um, there is no biblical allowance, however, for drunkenness. So we see wine as something that makes the heart merry. We see it as something that's used in celebrations and at weddings and things like that. But there is no biblical allowance for drunkenness. In fact, the Bible actually gives a lot of stern warnings, a lot of stern warnings. Ephesians 5.18 
says that we're not to be drunk with wine, but to be filled with the Spirit. That's the verse that I would apply to the weed, the the, the subject of weed or shrooms. Like uh, you're, you're, we are to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, not by anything that alters our mind. Be controlled by the Holy Spirit, not by something that alters the mind. So, alcohol, a beer, a glass of wine, maybe even two, can, could be enjoyed in the right context. Um, and and we'll get into what what maybe that context might be. But if you smoke a joint, um, you get high, like there's no maintaining control of your mind and your faculties and keeping them in submission to the Holy Spirit. Uh, And and, uh, I do want to, at the very end of this, talk about a conversation I had with Rob Conti, one of the pastors at Snowbird Outfitters, who um, basically self-medicated with weed all through his adolescent years because of childhood pain that came from abuse. Um, Romans 14, uh, is, is where we read about causing someone to stumble. Like maybe God's given you a freedom to enjoy something, but don't use that freedom in a way that it would cause someone else to stumble. So there's a warning there about alcohol can be enjoyed, but don't enjoy it at the expense of someone else who might fall into slavery to it. Hosea 411, it's a warning. Beware where it literally is the word that's used. Ezekiel 44.21, the Bible forbade priests from drinking any wine before he entered into the inner court of the temple. So there's a warning there to make sure you're clear-minded. There's no, that's kind of a absolutely no consumption, teetotaler approach to the way the priest could enter into the court. Proverbs 20 says that wine is a mocker. You know, strong drink is a brawler. The, The effect of wine can be very negative. So there's a warning there. Proverbs 21 says, he who loves wine will not be rich. Um, and then let me read, uh, I want to read this lengthy verse uh, or passage from Proverbs 23. Proverbs 23, and this one is um, maybe a little a little more well-known, and it, it's actually kind of funny. Um, Proverbs 23, beginning of verse 30, those who tarry long over wine, those who go to try mixed wine, do not look at wine when it, is, when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup and goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. Your eyes will see strange things and your heart utter perverse things. You will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea, like one who lies on the top of a mast. They struck me, you will say, but I was not hurt. They beat me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake? I must have another drink. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of a comical um picture but pretty accurate of uh, I I know that I've been there you start off with good intentions and next thing you know you're you're not in your right frame of mind so there's there there's those warnings in the proverbs and then Deuteronomy 29 tells us that uh in the wilderness the children of Israel did not consume wine God God had them not drink for their time in the wilderness so at this point it's a blessing wine is a blessing but it's also loaded with danger and I think I was thinking like something else you could you could say this about and in a different context but similar would be money. You know, you, money is such a blessing and it's such a gift and and we need it and and we use it, but money can also become a stumbling block. So alcohol and 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 wine can become a stumbling block. And so people here's what people use. They'll use verses from uh like one verse that I hear used a lot to support the drinking of wine is this is my Christian freedom or my Christian liberty. And Paul says in Galatians 5.1, don't um, 
like don't don't be burdened by a yoke of slavery. He says it's for freedom that Christ set you free. There's this idea that as Christians, we're free. We're free in Christ. We're free to enjoy um, God's gifts and His goodness, and and that's true. We are free. Like we're so we're so blessed. He says, for freedom Christ has set you free, Galatians 5.1. Stand firm, therefore, do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And he's talking about the yoke of legalism under the law. So he's saying, as Christians, man, there's so much more than just following a list of rules. There's so much more to this. 1 Corinthians 6 says, um, uh, this is a verse that, that early on in my life became very helpful for me. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. So wine or beer, or strong drink, lawful, but is it controlling me? And we'll get into that uh, also in the practical application towards the end. So in that, we've got these th- these blessings that come with it. Enjoy it for celebrations. It gladdens the heart, but it has to be experienced and used in moderation. And then if we do that, it, it can be a wonderful thing to to be able to enjoy that freedom. But there are strong warnings that we need to be guarded against. So let's think about these strong warnings. What I would say to that is um, to a teenager, first off, yes, it is illegal for a teenager to drink. And so in one sense, there's not even a, a discussion to be had. If you're a teenager, don't drink. It's illegal. You're not allowed to drink. Well, but my dad said I can drink. Okay, well, if in the home your dad's gonna give you you're 18 and your dad's going to give you a glass of wine. Like I'm not going to, I'm not trying to jump in the middle of the way your family operates, but I'm saying as a teenager, don't go to a party where somebody's, you know, mom, who's trying to be the cool mom bought, everybody, you know, bought a couple kegs of beer and everybody's getting drunk. And you're like, Oh, well, you know, I, I just want to experience my Christian freedom. No, that's not, that's not the way that works. Uh, so as a teenager, like you don't even have the, the legal freedom to do it. But then I would also say this, as a teenager, I believe it's very dangerous. And maybe maybe as you move into your early 20s, you hit that 21st birthday, so technically you're allowed to drink. I would just say this. It is so dangerous that I believe there's, there, it's necessary that a person be very mature in their faith to experience or exercise this kind of freedom or freedom in this area. Um, I know very few young people who can, man, I, I don't know how often I've seen because we work at Snowbird with people in the 18 to 25 year old range in our internship. And, and so many times I've been at weddings and I've seen people who were former Snowbird staff who were 20 years, 20 years old when they left here. Now they're 22 or, or maybe they're, I've even seen it where someone was still working at camp. Uh, I've seen this happen a couple of times. And and there's an open bar. Alcohol's being served at this wedding, and I, I can think of a couple weddings that I did that I where I was like, you know, doing the ceremony, officiating or whatever. And people people drunk too much. They don't they 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 had a beer, and then they had another beer, and they had another beer. Next thing you know, their speech is slurred. They're being loud. They're acting crazy. And man, their testimony is now very compromised. That idea of moderation for a person to be able to sit down and have a beer is something that's so important, but that I think a lot of people lack in their youth. And then it's hard if you, if you, if you go down a path where you're not expre- experiencing moderation, then it's hard to rein it in later. So I would say um, there's a need for teens to mature 
And usually with teen, or, or I'm sorry, young adults to mature, and with teenagers, it's not a, um, it's not a question of, of it, there's no question because it's illegal. And what I was going to say is usually young people um, in that 21 to, to 25 bracket, if they start drinking, a lot of times it's catastrophic because there's no brakes. There's only a gas pedal. So I'll just warn against that. If if you're a 22-year-old, 21, 22, 23-year-old, and you're like, well, I want to start to experience some of my freedom to, to in, indulge in this and experience strong drink, I would just give stro- those strong warnings from Scripture. Heed those. Read those over and over and over. Be warned and talk to people that are that that have that are recovered alcoholics or people that have experienced abuse in the home because of alcohol. Teen drinking is always catastrophic. It's always catastrophic. Let me give you some stats. One third of traffic deaths in America are alcohol related. Uh, the majority of abuse cases, I don't know if it's a majority, I didn't, I didn't write, actually didn't write the, the percentage down, but a large uh, percentage of abuse Domestic abuse situations are alcohol connected. Um, divorce is often the result of the abuse of alcohol. Financial loss, abuse of alcohol, and and, and we could et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and go on with that conversation. The, the the catastrophic ramifications of alcohol abuse. Now, for me personally, I would just say that I've seen the destruction that alcohol can bring in my own family. Um, people that that I've looked up to in so many ways, family members um, that abused alcohol. And, and the way it was typically abused there was as a coping mechanism. My dad and my granddad on my mom's side, um, both were, they both self-medicated with alcohol. Um, my granddad, my, you know, my, I know that my mom and her three sisters growing up, uh, there, there was a lot of tension in that home because of his alcohol abuse, and I saw it when I was growing up because I spent a lot of time with him, and he was self-medicating from uh, severe PTSD from experiences he had in World War II, um, landing on Omaha Beach and, and fighting in France over the next year, and so there's a lot of uh, there was a lot of alcohol abuse as a way of self-medicating. Um, I've personally not so I've not only seen the destruction that it can be that can that can happen firsthand because we've put my granddad in rehab on more than one occasion and and it was just a constant struggle for him. I've also seen it as a pastor. I've seen so much destruction caused by alcohol. Okay, like I, I know so many people who alcohol has taken a grip on their life and and taken control of them and and almost destroyed them, and and some that it has destroyed. Uh, I know I know a. a a guy that I man I ministered to, and he was a friend, and he died in his late thirties from cirrhosis of the liver, and basically destroyed his own esophagus. I mean, he just destroyed his body from smoking weed and, and consuming alcohol, like constantly. It was one continuous flow. So I've seen the destruction. I've also seen freedom abused, and I mentioned that at that wedding a while ago. But I, man, I don't know how many young people millenniums especially and then this generation that's coming up behind the millenniums that abuse alcohol there's you know when I was growing up Christians it was pretty it was pretty taboo for a Christian to drink and then now I think it's a little more accepted in a lot of Christian and evangelical circles um and but with that has come this sort of freedom I put that in air quotes and people end up abusing it 
So I think personally I've just seen enough of that that it, it freaks me out a little bit. And then also um, I would say for for me and for most people, whether you recognize it or not, most of us have an, a, an addictive personality. Like if I buy, I'll tell you how, this is the way my, my addictive personality works. Um, two nights ago, I, I, I try not to snack. I try to eat two or three big meals a day. Like today for lunch, I ate a, a big salad and 12 chicken wings. So that was my lunch. And I haven't had supper yet. I'm, I'm recording this in the afternoon. I haven't had supper yet. I did not eat breakfast. I fasted. I did like a 14-hour fast. So big lunch. Uh, for supper, I'll have something that's a good protein, uh, maybe just some meat and then some, some vegetables or fruit. Now, late at night, I get, and this is summertime, and so my nights are really late because I'm out. I'm up at camp late at night. Usually don't get home till well past midnight. Get get hungry, man. Just get hungry. And the other night, I went to the store. I hadn't had any supper, so I went to the store. I was going to get a snack, and I was like, I'll just I'll fast through the supper meal and then have a late breakfast. I try to I try to do a twelve to fourteen hour in, kind of an intermittent fast um, each night, and so I was gonna I was gonna. Well, anyway, I'm rambling. I bought a I bought a thing of Pringles. And they were like it was like a new flavor I'd never had before. I love Pringles, and it was a new flavor. It was it was like uh, Parmesan garlic or something like that, roasted. I don't remember, but man, I ate the whole tube. Like I ate like the big sleeve, the big tube of Pringles. I ate them all. Like most people could take that and take out five or six or ten or twelve and eat them. Man, I start eating those things, they're gone. I I bought a bag of uh, sour. I think it was Sour Patch, uh, the little watermelon slices. Bought a bag of those. I was like, I'll eat like 10 of these. That'll be my sugar, my candy for the day. Well, I, it was like three times that many in the bag, and I ate them all. Like, I have an addictive uh, tendency with things. Um, Hawaiian sweet rolls, ice cream, you name it. Like, I just have a hard time practicing moderation. So I have to be real careful with anything, and, and alcohol is something that you really, there's a high risk of of going overboard and not practicing moderation. Um Questions to ask or consider. So if you're gonna if you're gonna partake in alcohol, questions to ask or consider. The first one is: Is this profitable? Is this useful? Is there is there a good reason for me to be doing this? First Corinthians six twelve. Everything's um, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but I will not be dominated by anything. Um, so is it is it profitable? Is it is it helpful? And the answer could be yes. It could be yes, like man, you might have total control of this. A husband and wife love to sit down at night and have a uh, an alcoholic, you know, an adult beverage sitting out on the on the porch. And I, I nobody can tell you that that's wrong because it's it's just not forbidden in scripture. It's just not. But is so so maybe yeah, the answer would be yes. This is helpful. We enjoy at the end of the day having a drink, you know. Um, but but then the answer may be no. The answer may be, no, nah, it's not really, there's no need for this. I don't need this right now. So it's, that's something I think it's just good to ask and consider. Uh, next, will this hurt my testimony? And let's break this down because in that same 1 Corinthians six twelve, 12, uh, it says I will not be dominated by anything. Um, I'm sorry, that's in the next That's in the next, um, the next next uh, question that I asked. This question, will it hurt my testimony? Go to Romans 14. And what we find is we've got to be careful that we don't do things that that are offensive or cause other to, other others to stumble. So four ways that we got to look at this hurting the testimony in private, possibly no. If you've got alcohol at home and your godly 
people and you love the Lord and you're pursuing holiness and you enjoy a drink, then probably no problem there. Number two, in a public place, now it gets a little bit, we got to be careful because someone might see you. Like for me as a pastor, if somebody sees me drinking at a restaurant in my hometown here, they could either be very offended or it could it, somebody that struggles with it could go, oh, man, it's okay for me to drink. And that leads us to three and four. So what is the impact this is going to have on a weaker Christian or a non-Christian? So a weaker Christian could be somebody that struggles with it. This is a story that Little and I years ago, so we hadn't been married. We'd probably been married a year. And there was a young lady that was working with us at the camp we were working at at the time before we'd started Snowbird. And we had no idea that she had she was an alcoholic and she had been she had been dry, she'd been clean, she'd been sober for like a year. And we had an alcoholic drink. It was like at a cookout, like we're we're grilling out. And so she then she starts drinking and, and falls back into alcoholism, like falls like loses her sobriety. And so we triggered that as a weaker Christian. She couldn't just have a drink. When I say weaker, it doesn't mean like I'm stronger. It just means this is a weakness, a particular weakness. We all have particular weaknesses. And so it's a particular area of weakness. And then also, what is the effect it's going to have on non-Christians? And I would say here, sometimes having a beer with a non-Christian could be, it could be a good thing. And and I know that's controversial. Some people are going to be mad at me for saying that. But I can think of times where... I sat down in a particular setting, and had I refused to have that alcoholic drink in that setting, it might have been offensive, or it might have hindered my ability to interact with that person and continue to cultivate and develop a relationship. So I have have those situations on multiple occasions. I can think of five or four or five anyway. I can think of at least four or five. I was I was thinking up a while ago. Um. And and when I was when I was sketching my notes for this, writing out my notes, my outline for this, I could think of, of four or five times where sitting down and having a beer, one or two of those were overseas, and so other cultures, you know, it's it's a different thing, and um, and so it it didn't it might have hurt me with those non Christians if I would have been holier than thou is is maybe the perception they would have had. So I got to be careful. Will it hurt my testimony? Maybe not. Maybe I just need to weigh that out. Um, third question I need to ask, am I being dependent? So do I need it to sleep? Do I need it to cope? Do I need it to calm down after a crazy day? Do I need it because I've got, I'm dealing with depression or PTSD? Am I dependent on this? Because I need to dependent on the be dependent on the Lord and his provision for my life. So I need to ask that question. I need to be honest with myself and maybe ask my significant other or my closest friends, hey, do you feel like I'm, I'm using this too much? Uh, the fourth question is, am I trying to be cool? A lot of people drink just to be cool. I remember tell you one quick funny story. I was at a NASCAR race. I'm not a huge NASCAR fan. Could not tell you who's winning the NASCAR series right now. It used, I still think of it as the Winston Cup series, and I think it hasn't been called that since the 90s. But this goes back, it's probably 20 years ago, last time I went to a NASCAR race, and I was at a race, me and Little and a couple, two other couples, some friends, and we're all at this this race at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And these kids in front of us, they're probably 18, 17, 18-year-old boys, and they're trying to get people to buy them beer, and nobody will buy them beer. And finally, some guys buy them a couple of beers. It's four boys, and uh, somebody buys them two two Bud Lights. And they, and they instantly start acting like they're drunk. They're waving the bottle around and flipping off the – the driver they hate and acting crazy and all they're doing is trying to be cool. And and most of us who, who drank or consumed alcohol in our youth, we just did it to be cool. That was it. So am I trying to be cool? Am I trying to look cool? Am I trying to be accepted? Then that, that should throw up a flag. 
And then last, let me give you some common sense sub- suggestions. Common sense suggestions. Um, to keep the peace in my home or among friends, um, if I need to abstain from alcohol, I will 100% encourage you, just don't drink. It's, you don't need it. It, which leads me to second common sense suggestion. It's not a big deal. We, you don't need it. If you if you can't put it down and walk away from it, you got a problem. If you can't go uh, a week, a day, a day, a week, a month, a year, or the rest of your life, like if the thought of going the rest of your life without alcohol really, really is overwhelming for you, then you probably have a problem, and it probably needs to be addressed. That's what I would say. So, so alcohol is a gift from the Lord that can be enjoyed but is not necessary to to enjoy life, but is a gift and it needs to be practiced in moderation and I need to be careful that I'm not causing other people to stumble. And, and, uh, and so those are, those are my observations. I hope they're helpful. Um, now let's, let's wrap this with, think about, um, how do we attach weed to this? And here's what I would say about weed, whether it's legalized or not, Smoking marijuana has one effect, and that's to get you high. And as a and as fun as that is, don't get me wrong, as awesome of a place as that is to go to, for a Christian, I will tell you that if you are indwelt with the Holy Spirit and you get high, it, you will feel an overwhelming sense of conviction. And at some point, you'll have to deal with that uh, because it's the scripture. The scripture says that we're not to be. Uh, drunk with wine, we're in his excess. And so when you smoke weed, you get high, which means you lose control of at least a portion of your ability to make good decisions and to think clearly and to be in a sober-minded state. And so it, it, it automatically, so all these things we've talked about with alcohol, the reason we haven't brought weed into that part of the conversation, because it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You don't drink weed, you know, you don't have a cup of weed and then, oh, there, I had that with my meal. It, and that's nice. It tasted very nice. And no, like you smoke a joint to get high, period. Somebody's like, ah, oh, no, man, I just smoke it to relax. Okay. Well, however you want to, you want to, you know, however you want to paint the picture, you're, you're giving control of your mental process and thought. You're giving it to a substance. Uh, and some people argue that weed's a gateway drug, and I would say nah, not necessarily. I don't, I don't think necessarily that it is, but I said I was going to tell, mention something that Rob Conti said to me. Rob talked about how when he would get high, he would smoke, and he would, you know, and, and everybody that's ever gotten high talks about this. It's funny to listen to certain music or watch movies, and you just kind of trip out, whether you're using mushrooms or um, – or smoking weed, but Rob talked about how there were certain songs that that were written by people. Um, one of the uh, one, well, I'm not going to name anybody. Um, well, I will. Pink Floyd, who is a band that I've always enjoyed and Little really has enjoyed, and there's all these jokes about Pink Floyd being like, you know, that's that's, that's weed smoking music. And and the reality is you talk to somebody who's a Christian now, but who smoked a lot of weed before they were Christian and listen to Pink Floyd. There are messages that are dark sometimes and that there's a connection to that music 
that the drug enhances. And you'll see that with other music as well. So I would just say that that weed is such a powerful thing. And, somebody, and, and the argument of, well, then why did God make it? Well, you know what? There's a lot of things in this fallen world that I don't want to partake of. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to cuddle up with uh, a mountain lion tonight. You know, I don't <laughs> I don't want to throw raw meat out on my deck and get a mountain lion baited in and then go out and try to make him a pet. You know, well, God made him right, and he'll kill you right now as soon as look as you as soon as look at you i don't i don't want to go dip my feet in a hot lava flow you know like well god made this lava so it must be good okay go walk in that stuff barefooted there are a lot of things that god made that will kill you destroy you go swimming with the great white sharks you know like i know there's videos of crazy people doing that but wait till that dude gets hungry and see what how it works out you know like that's always to me that's always been such a goofy shallow i don't even hardly take that argument serious but if somebody really was genuinely saying you know hey god made it how is it bad i was there's a lot of things i don't rub i don't i remember i was i was hunting with a guy one time we were on a back country hunt and he wiped his his tail with poison ivy and we had to end up cutting our trip short because my my guy could not move it destroyed oh well god made it why don't i just rub it on my arms you know like that's that's crazy to say God made something, and so that means it's okay. That's that's not a great argument. So we have to go back to the principle of it. Principle is, I need to, I need my mind to be controlled by the Spirit. Paul tells the Corinthians, we have the mind of Christ, and so we just need to make sure that we're that we're walking in the Spirit, living with the mind of Christ, making good choices, and uh, and I think the Lord will bless it. And if God brings you to a place where you you feel like, hey man, I've got the freedom to enjoy alcohol, and I'm of age. And I would just say, follow those warnings and ask those questions. No one now, now, last thing, no one can tell you that the Bible forbids the consumption of alcohol. And there are people that will try to do that. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. They can say they don't think it's a good idea. They can say, I think, you know, these verses about causing people to stumble are big enough that it's not worth using it. And, and I can get on board with that. I can appreciate that. But to say, no, it's a sin, the Bible, you know, they try to twist it to say, well, the wine that Jesus made wasn't alcoholic. It was weak. It just doesn't, that doesn't, that's like laughable. So it's more, what are the principles of Scripture that help guide these convictions for me? That's a long 30 minutes talking about that. But I was like, man, I get that question all the time. So let's just go ahead and break it down. I hope it was helpful. I hope it didn't feel like I was rambling. And um, so there you go. Uh, we'll be getting, uh, gift packs out to Will and McKenzie. Thank you guys for your question. Everyone else. Remember if you like share, subscribe to the podcast. Um, and, and then if we, you send us, email us a screenshot of, um, email us a screenshot of your comment on Facebook, any other social media platform or, or whatever your Apple or Spotify, um, review like just let us know and we'll put you in the in the hat for the drawing um if you if you email us a question then that will uh automatically put you in the hat for the drawing and um we we look through those questions each week so thank you for those of you that do that and we got some more coming up in the future um last i said we had a big announcement to make we are probably with this episode or the next sometime here in the next two weeks we're going to break a hundred thousand downloads so thank you all thank you thank you thank you one hundred thousand downloads that's pretty awesome that's exciting so thanks for helping us you know make that happen keep sharing it with your friends and 
family and coworkers and and uh man we'll just keep rolling keep trying to be creative and we, we do have once we get out of the summer for the the second half of this year or the last part of this year we have some good ideas some things i'm excited about adding in um to the flow of the podcast that i think will be enjoyable so thanks for tuning in um hope you guys have an awesome week happy monday we're kicking off week five of swo swo 21 summer camp first four weeks have been awesome we've seen god move and do awesome things as we've um, talked about the attributes of god it's been incredible keep us in your prayers and come see us soon lots going on over the next few months uh events for people that work in student ministry marriage events which our marriage conference for the fall is down to just a uh, maybe maybe spots for 50 couples left is all. I mean, it's almost at capacity. A men's event coming up in September and then fall retreats, which are for students and student ministry. So, yeah, man, just, just look at uh, – go to swoutfitters.com and look at our, our uh, fall calendar, and we'd love to see you at an event. And um, and, and that that would be awesome. So thanks for tuning in, and uh, see you next week. Thanks for listening to No Sanity Required. Please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating. It really helps. Visit us at swoutfitters.com to see all of our programming and resources. And we'll see you next week on No Sanity Required.